This week on The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, we dig further into St. Luke's Gospel with The Things That Are God's, Sadducees and the Resurrection, Whose Son, Widow's Offering, and Destruction of the Temple. Join me, Pastor Will Whedon, for The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, your daily 15-minute verse-by-verse Bible study on demand. Listen at thewordendures.org or your favorite podcast provider. and of the Holy Spirit. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us then confess our sins to God our Father. Most Most merciful merciful God, we confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in love, word, and deed, by what we have done, and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, you know. 
Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his Son to die for you and for his sake forgives you all your sins. As a called and ordained servant of Christ and by his authority, I therefore forgive you all your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Victory for our God, Alleluia. God, by the glorious resurrection of your Son, Jesus Christ, you destroyed death and brought life and immortality to light. Grant that we who have been raised with him may abide in his presence and rejoice in the hope of eternal glory. Through the same Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. The first reading for the Wednesday after the resurrection of our Lord is from Acts chapter 3. The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob the God of our fathers, glorified his servant Jesus, 
whom you delivered over and denied in the presence of Pilate when he had decided to release him. But you denied the Holy and Righteous One and asked for a murderer to be granted to you. And you killed the author of life, whom God raised from the dead. To this we are witnesses. And now, brothers, I know that you acted in ignorance, as did also your rulers. But what God foretold by the mouth of all the prophets, that his Christ would suffer, he thus fulfilled. Repent, therefore, and turn again, that your sins may be blotted out. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Gospel according to St. John, the 21st chapter. After this, Jesus revealed himself again to the disciples by the Sea of Tiberias, and he revealed himself in this way. 
Simon Peter, Thomas, called the twin, Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two others of his disciples were together. Simon Peter said to them, I am going fishing. They said to him, We will go with you. They went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Just as day was breaking, Jesus stood on the shore, yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to them, Children, do you have any fish? They answered him, No. He said to them, Cast the net on the right side of the boat, and you will find some. So they cast it, and now they were not able to haul it in because of the quantity of fish. That disciple whom Jesus loved, therefore, said to Peter, It is the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his outer garment, for he was stripped for work, and threw himself into the sea. The other disciples came in the boat, dragging the net full of fish, for they were not far from the land, but about a hundred yards off. When they got out on land, they saw a charcoal fire in place with fish laid out on it and bread. Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish that you have just caught. So Simon Peter went aboard and hauled the net ashore full of large fish, 153 of them. And although there were so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, Come and have breakfast. Now none of the disciples dared ask him, Who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came and took the bread and gave it to them, and so with the fish. This was now the third time that Jesus was revealed to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Simon Peter and Thomas, Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee, James and John, and two unnamed others at the Sea of Tiberias. The last couple weeks for them have been a bit of a roller coaster. Triumphal entry to midnight betrayal, palm branches becoming a thorny crown, 
and in the middle of it all this strange meal of bread and wine that they don't understand just yet. Christ rose on the third day just as he said he would, appearing to all of them, or almost all of them that day in various times and places. One week later, Thomas was back among them, and the risen Lord appeared a second time. The apostles took their Monday off, and now they're back to work. But Peter's half-invitation to go fishing is almost a resignation, isn't it? I don't really know what else I'm supposed to do now that Easter is over. I guess we could go fishing. We thought the resurrection was supposed to change everything. It was all supposed to be different now, but Peter's sister-in-law, well, she still lives with her boyfriend, and Nathaniel's father is nearing the end of his battle with a disease they don't call cancer yet. Thomas still wakes up in the middle of the night with cold sweat across his brow and doubts in his heart. And Zebedee, poor Zebedee, is fighting depression and anxiety since his boys moved out to follow Jesus. Isn't Jesus alive again? Didn't the Messiah die and rise? Where's this kingdom of God we've been preaching and teaching about for so long? Not here, apparently. Let's go back to work. Let's just try to get back to normal. But they fish all night and catch nothing. This has happened before. How quickly they forget. But this is now the third time that Jesus would be revealed to his disciples. Still unknown to the seven out there in the boat, Jesus bids them cast their nets on the other side. This has happened before. How quickly they forget. But St. John sees it first. John recognizes the pattern. He knows and believes that it is his Lord on the shore of the Tiberias. Yesterday, Jesus is revealed in the eating of the fish. Today, he will be revealed in the catching of the fish. But as you might imagine, it's not really about the fish. I wonder, in fact, whether the most comforting part of this passage might be the scene that the disciples discover when they finally arrive on the shore. When they got out on land, they saw a charcoal fire in place with fish laid out on it and bread. The fish are already there. The Lord provides. The fish are there, baking upon that thinly veiled reminder of Peter's threefold denial of the Christ. But his sins are forgiven. Jesus does not rise to accuse. Christ is here to feed him, to break his fast, to consecrate the feast. And of course, there is bread to accompany the fish. Of course there is. For as Jesus fed the crowds on the mountainside by the hands of the disciples, so now does he feed the disciples in another foretaste of the great feast to come. So it is for us, dear Christians, the resurrection of our Lord never feels quite as spectacular and life-changing as we want it to. The intensity of Lent and Holy Week are marked by all the additional preparations and sermons and services, and then we take Monday off, and then it's just back to normal again, just 
back to work. We keep saying the resurrection is supposed to change everything, but Bob still can't get the infection to go away. June has to have surgery again. Your head elder is fighting an addiction, and the chairman of your council just got a diagnosis and lost his mother during Holy Week. We still have shut-ins to visit, worship services to plan, we still have classes to attend, and exegetical studies to prepare. We still have sermons to preach and families to feed, and the temptation, friends, is to toil all night, endlessly, tirelessly, more and more and more. But it is to no avail. Our nets are found empty on the left-hand side of the boat. No amount of our labor can make the resurrection to be the resurrection. No amount of hard work or ambition can make the gospel to be the good news of the gospel. So take comfort here on the shore of Tiberias this day, friends. Whether your calling Christ Church is rightly ordered, or perhaps just internal for now, the crucified and risen Christ would feed you this day. Wonder of wonders, he already has the fish that he needs. So when the toils of this world would turn you aside from him, when the labors of this life threaten to overwhelm you, cast your net into the kingdom of the right, into the holy Christian church, and be fed by your risen Lord and Savior. The seven disciples were missing a crucial ingredient that morning, something without which no fishing expedition will ultimately be successful. They had forgotten the word of the Lord. But Jesus is there, and he provides it. For unless the word of God is present, friends, even the most mundane of our pastoral tasks will prove to be fruitless. It is of the utmost importance for us, brothers, to remember that Jesus feeds St. Peter before he sends Peter to feed the sheep. So return to your work. Go fishing, if that's what you do. Though we are not of the world, yet we are still in it, and the harvest is plentiful while the laborers are few. Jesus does not need your work to make this work, but in his grace he allows for you to participate in the stead and by the command to labor with him in his kingdom on this side of eternity. But in your returning to your work, return all the more. First and foremost, return to your Lord risen there on the shore for you, waiting exactly where he has promised to be for you. He, the Christ, the eternal word made flesh and blood, risen on the third day, just as he said, appearing to you now in many and various ways, according to his promise. He is right here in his holy word for you. He is here right beside the water for you. He is here ready to feed you of his own flesh and blood ready to forgive you of your sins, ready to send you with Peter and all the rest out into his whitened harvest field. So put on your wedding garment and throw yourself into the waters of holy baptism. Return daily to the Lord that you might drown and die and rise with Jesus Christ. Come and break your fast on this strange meal that we don't really quite understand, do we? But we do believe it. We do not need to ask. 
We know it is the Lord, and we know he is here. Come forth again, dear friends. He is made known to us in the breaking of the bread. Alleluia, Christ is risen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. rejoice with all of those who have had children during this past week. We rejoice with Morgan and Amelia who have welcomed Kelsey, Donald, Alan Phillips, Jared and Tirza who welcomed Ezra, Paul, Rudolph, Nash and Colleen who welcomed Leo, Wolfgang, Ringquest, and Benjamin and Elizabeth who has welcomed Philip, Lane, Jansen. Let us pray for the whole people of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. O Father of life, you have triumphed gloriously in the victory of Christ over sin and death, enliven your church throughout the world that she may boldly proclaim that Christ has risen from the dead for the sake of your Son crowned with glory and honor. Hear our prayer. Alleluia. O Father of life, you have made known the excellence of Christ Jesus' name in all the earth. Establish your justice and reign of life in this nation, in the governing of its leaders and the way of life of its people. For the sake of your Son, crowned with glory and honor, hear our prayer. Alleluia. O Father of life, protect your baptized people from the sword of death, especially those living in places of intentional persecution that they may find peace in the wilderness of suffering and opposition for the sake of your Son, crowned with glory and honor. O Father of life, bless all those newly born children among us and around the world, including Kelsey, Ezra, Leo, and Philip, that they may be brought soon to the waters of life in holy baptism 
for the sake of your Son, crowned with glory and honor. O Father of life, through the resurrection of your Son, the perishable has put on the imperishable and the mortal immortality. Strengthen the bodies, minds, and spirits of the sick and hospitalized, especially Ezra, and comfort those who are dying, that the resurrected Christ may be their strength and their everlasting salvation. For the sake of your Son, crowned with glory and honor, O Father of life, your Son ate and drank with his disciples after rising from the dead. Cleanse from us the old leaven of unbelief, so that we who celebrate the feast of Christ's body and blood today may receive it with sincerity, truth, and faith. For the sake of your Son, crowned with glory and honor, Into your hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. and salutary 
that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you. Holy Lord, almighty Father, everlasting God, and most especially are we bound to praise you on this day for the glorious resurrection of your Son, Jesus Christ, the very Paschal Lamb, who was sacrificed for us and bore the sins of the world. By his dying he has destroyed death, and by his rising again he has restored to us everlasting life. Therefore, with Mary Magdalene, Peter and John, and with all the witnesses of the resurrection, with angels and archangels, and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and saying, Blessed are you, Lord of heaven and earth, for you have had mercy on those whom you created and sent your only begotten Son into our flesh to bear our sin and be our Savior. With repentant joy, we receive the salvation accomplished for us by the all-availing sacrifice of his body and his blood on the cross. Gathered in the name and the remembrance of Jesus, we beg you, O Lord, to forgive, renew, and strengthen us with your word and spirit. Grant us faithfully to eat his body and drink his blood, as he bids us do in his own testament. Gather us together, we pray, from the ends of the earth, to celebrate with all the faithful the marriage feast of the Lamb in his kingdom, which has no end. Graciously receive our prayers, deliver and preserve us. To you alone, O Father, be all glory, honor, and worship, with the Son and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is given for you. 
this do in remembrance of me. In the same way also, he took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sin. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always.
our Lord Jesus Christ, strengthen and preserve you in body and soul to life everlasting. Depart in peace. Amen. Let us pray. We give thanks to you, Almighty God, that you have refreshed us through this salutary gift, and we implore you that of your mercy you would strengthen us through the same, in faith toward you and in fervent love toward one another. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace.